The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. You know, this is a, this is a really special um, celebration for me today because it was uh, Pentecost Sunday 40 years ago, 1975, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. So yeah, as a, a 16-year-old, just got filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, literally transformed my life, literally turned my whole life around 40 years ago. So how awesome is that? So some of you weren't even born 20 years ago, let alone 40 years ago. So uh, I'm old enough to be your grandparent. How, that's a wonderful thought, isn't it, sweetheart? <laughs> Seeing that you're still 39. And um, there you go. Anyway, so this morning I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. And tonight I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. And uh, so today is a day talking about the Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bibles, would you open to John chapter 14? And Carissa, I love that story about your uncle. Ah, wasn't that awesome, that story about Carissa's uncle, without her knowing that this adopted man that was her uncle was praying for a family that he didn't even know, a girl that he didn't even know, and, uh, and here she is now as a pastor in our church and working with our kids and our youth and young adults and the whole nine yards. I just love that. I just love how God works things around. So let me talk to you about the way that Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit. Because I think if there's one member of the Godhead that is probably the most neglected member of the Godhead, that's the Holy Spirit. We hear a lot of preaching on the Father. We hear a lot of preaching on Jesus the Son. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of confusion about the Holy Spirit. Uh, For so many people, the Holy Spirit is just a force. And so they refer to the Holy Spirit as an it, like it, the force, the force be with you, that sort of concept. Whereas the Holy Spirit is a a person. And the Bible always gives the personal pronoun to the Holy Spirit, always refers to him as he, the Holy Spirit, he, never an it, but always a him. And and so the concept, what, what I want to say to you today is that, is that the Holy Spirit is God. Just as the Father is God and the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. We don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God. And the way this one God manifests himself is in three personalities. The personality of the Father, the personality of the Son, and the personality of the Holy Spirit. And so we, we, we learn about the personality of the Father and the personality of Jesus. Matter of fact, I suppose the personality of Jesus is the easiest one to learn because we've got the Gospels that tell the stories of Jesus. And so it's pretty easy to get a feel of his personality. But what about the personality of the Holy Spirit? He's a person. So the Bible talks about, about the emotions of the Holy Spirit. It talks about don't grieve the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter 4. So what, this, this person can be grieved. Yeah, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Well, how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Probably the same way that we can grieve you. And so if someone says something offensive about you or someone ignores you or someone just walks straight past you, I mean, that's, that's, that's cause for grievance. 
And how often have we just ignored the Holy Spirit? How often have we just ignored the fact that he's there? And uh, I, I can still remember one of the, um, uh, one of the, the greatest men of God that I ever met was uh, a, a man called Dr. Yongi Cho. And, um, and so I shook hands with him one day. And so I, I, I used to make a joke, shake hands with the hand of the man who shook the hand of Yongi Cho. That's sort of a funny sort of thing. But anyway, it wasn't that funny this morning. So let's move straight up. <laughs> and, and, but he, he impacted me. I went to listen to him at um, Newcastle University back in 1976. And uh, he spoke at um, the university there in 1976. And he had a church back then of about 80,000 people. Now, that was just mind-blowing. Just the concept of 80,000 people was way beyond. Because in Australia back then, our biggest church was probably three or 400 people. We didn't have a Hillsong church back then. In 1976, we had a church in Adelaide with about three or 400 people and a church in Mount Cravat, Brisbane, with about three or 400 people. And they were considered just crazy mega churches, mega, 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 mega second churches. You know, they were just because the average church back then was maybe 50 people, 60 people. My church, Hamilton, some of us had 100 people. We were considered a big church, 100 people. And, um, and so he's, he's Yongi Cho, 80,000 people. And it was like mind-blowing. And so then he told us, can I tell you the secret? He goes, can I tell you the secret of my success? We go, yeah? You got a secret to that success? Yeah? We all leaned in. And so, and so can I share with you the secret? That he shared with me all those years ago. Anybody interested in hearing it? This is what he said. He said, he said, every morning when I wake up, I say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What are we going to accomplish today? He said, I just became aware of the Holy Spirit. And rather than get up and ignore him, I would get up and acknowledge him. Can I just, hey, come on, here it is. I'm going to give you a 40-day challenge. Who's up to a 40-day challenge? I'm not talking about doing 20 push-ups for the next 40 days. No, that's not the 40-day challenge. Here it is, the 40-day challenge. Come up here, Ross. Huh? Come up here, Ross. Have you got a mic? Get a mic. Because Ross accepted the 40-day challenge. And um, he's actually put it on his phone, the 40-day challenge. And so, and so, and he's, he's the 40-day challenge for you. For the next 40 days, when you get up in the morning, you can't make a play order. Can you do a countdown on it? Here we go. I'll, I'll, I'll let you play with it. But basically, here's the 40-day challenge. For the next 40 days, when you get up in the morning... Can you say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What are we going to accomplish today? Can you do that? Ross has actually put it on his phone. It's, it's an alarm. Does it work? It's my alarm. I have to set the time for it to go off, but then it tells me, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you want to so do? his alarm clock is not beep, 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 beep. It's good morning, Holy Spirit. What are we going to accomplish today? How do you think that's a pretty cool alarm? <laughs> yeah. What are we going to accomplish today? <laughs> do it again, do it again, do it again. 
Is that it? Oh, we just missed it. You've got to be quick in this church, otherwise you just miss it. But this is, seriously, 40-day challenge. Good morning, Holy Spirit. What are we going to accomplish today? And it's just this understanding of the partnership of the Holy Spirit. Partnership with the Holy Spirit. Just an understanding. Because this is how Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit as our holy partner. Our holy helper. Just the Holy Spirit, our holy partner. Matter of fact, uh, Dr. Cho introduced the Holy Spirit as, I want to introduce to you my senior partner, my senior pastor, my senior partner. And to, to, do, to do partnership with the Holy Spirit, for some of you, is a totally new concept in life. But can I just say to you that the encouragement is live beyond the natural realm. Too many people just live life in the natural realm. I had a beautiful thing happen to me this morning after the first service. Beautiful. Why is it beautiful? Because I love it when children have questions for Pastor John. Because they're probably some of the most profound, deep questions that any of the adults could possibly even contemplate. And so these two little girls came up to me after the first service and said, Pastor John, we've got a question for you. So I sat down looked them straight in the face, and and they said, is Jesus real? And I said, yes. They said, because my friends say that he's not real. And so, so then I began to explain to them a concept that some of you need to understand as well. Are you ready for this? Because there are two worlds that we live in. There's the physical world, but there's a spiritual world. And a lot of people are only awake to the physical realm, but not awake to the spiritual world. And can I just say to you that people that are not awakened to the spiritual world are the people that are missing out? Because they're missing out on, on stuff that is real, but is not tangible. Because the physical world is measured by what you can touch, by what you can smell, by what you can see, by what you can scientifically analyze. That's the physical world. But the spiritual world is not measured using scientific terminology or the natural senses. It comes to you when you become spiritually alive, then that world becomes real. And so, so, so those of you that are a worshipper, the reason you're a worshipper is not because you've actually been able to touch Jesus physically. No, you've touched him spiritually and you've been forever changed. And so that's why worship becomes so easy. So can you imagine someone trying to worship and they are spiritually dead? They're looking around and they're thinking, what? what? Or maybe they can get into singing some of the songs. Because singing some of the songs is pretty cool. Now that's pretty, I, can, I, I get the groove, but we're not here to do the groove. We're here to do the worship. And for us, the worship is much more important than the groove. See, the groove is a natural thing. The worship is a spiritual thing. And so when you see people that are just lost in worship, we're just adoring God. They can't see him physically, but they can feel him spiritually. That's the work of the Holy Spirit opening us up. 
And this is what Jesus was trying to say. He's trying to get them out of the physical and the spiritual. So can we get, can we get into our text now? Come on. Uh, get into the text. Okay? I'm just so excited with, uh, with this message because it's just, the, you know, the title of the message is the Holy Spirit, Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. So this is what Jesus said. Let's, let's read from verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Wow. Can I just say here that you can't say that you love God if you don't keep his commandments. Oh, I love God. I love God. I love it. That's easy to say. And Jesus says, oh, are you saying that? Good. Now keep my commandments. Oh, hang on, God. Uh, you know that I can't. Well, Jesus says, you can't say that you love me if you're not willing to keep my commandments because they're connected. And I think for a lot of people, that is a rude awakening. Because there's so many people that say to me, I love God. And then I said, you keep his commandments. Well, that's a different story. Well, Bible says you can't love God without keeping his commandments. Okay, point number one. Let's get move on. Then he says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Now, let's stop there for a little while, because when Jesus uses the word another helper, who was he referring to? Well, he was referring to himself as the first helper. So his relationship to the disciples was, I'm here to help you. Okay, so Jesus is about to go. The whole chapter 14, uh, Jesus introduces it with, let not your heart be troubled, believe in God, believe in all. So me, my father's house and many mansions. He's sort of saying, I'm about to leave. Okay, so that's the way he introduces this whole chapter. I'm about to leave. But he says, but don't be troubled because I'm going to give you another helper. In other words, an, a replacement of me. So, wow, I mean, just think about that for a little while. A replacement for Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. The replacement for Jesus. Can we just stop for a second and think, what, what would it be like to have Jesus by your side 24-7? How many of you think that would be pretty cool? Uh, how many of you think it would be cool to go to work tomorrow with Jesus? How many of you think that would be pretty cool? That's a pretty cool thing to do. And, and Jesus is referring to the Holy Spirit as another helper. That he may abide with you forever. So the Holy Spirit, when he comes, will abide with you, not just for this time, but forever. So when we get to heaven, the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. Forever. Not just for this world but forever. Matter of fact, one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the guarantee, the seal. And, and the fact is that you cannot get entrance into heaven without the Holy Spirit. So when you get to the pearly gates, if there's such a thing, it's the Holy Spirit that becomes your entrance pass. He's the guarantee. When, when the Holy Spirit is seen, it's like, yeah, come on. You're one of the God people. I can see the Holy Spirit. Come on in. He becomes the admission pass, the entrance pass, the seal. That's what the Bible... Anyway, that's just another message in itself. I'm actually doing a series that I'm putting together for all the small groups 
And, uh, and what we do is that we're actually going through the seven names of the Holy Spirit. And so the seven names of the Holy Spirit is the helper, the regenerator, the sanctifier, the teacher, the intercessor, the guarantee, the empower, the seven names. So we're going to talk about what each one of these names represents to us. And the sixth name is the guarantee. That he lives with you forever. He becomes your admission pass, your guarantee, your seal of guarantee that you will live forever and ever. How awesome is that? The Holy Spirit is that seal of guarantee that we're going to live forever and ever. I love that. Then it goes on, verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. See, this is, this, is, this is what Jesus is saying. The world can't, can't connect to this Holy Spirit business because they, they, they can't see him because they're looking for him with natural eyes. But you can see him. Why is that? Because you're looking at him through spiritual eyes. There's got to be an awakening spiritually in people's lives. There's got to be a spiritual awakening in this nation. I'm telling you, we see more happening in overseas countries than in Australia because there's more of an openness to the spirit realm across the world. 89% of the world's population are spiritual people. 89%. 2% of the world's population are atheists. Only 2%. 9% are agnostic. And the majority of atheists and agnostics live in the West. You go to Asia, they're all spiritual people there. You go to South America, they're all spiritual people there. You go to Africa, they're all spiritual people there. You go to the West and and we've been educated out of spirituality. What a load of rubbish that is. Huh? Come on. There are so many things that we can't see, but we can feel. What about your emotions? There's something spiritual about your emotions. Hello? Your conscience. There's something spiritual about your conscience. Well, can we measure it scientifically? Well, there's certainly measurements that you can have when it comes to your emotions and and your conscience, but these are connected to the spirit realm. They're all connected to the spirit realm. And there's this calling of becoming more spiritually aware. And can I just say to you that when you become spiritually aware, you become whole. Because you are not just physical. You are physical, emotional, and spiritual. There are three parts to you. As there are three parts to God, there are three parts to you. And for you to ignore your spirituality, you will never be whole. There will always be something missing when you ignore your spirituality, as there would be something missing if you ignored your physicality and your emotional side as well. Because we are physical, emotional, and spiritual, and those three whole those three areas need to interrelate and interrelate well. So this is what Jesus is saying about the world. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Can I just share with you today four things the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life? Just four things. I won't finish it this morning. I'll continue it tonight. But um, I just want to start. There's four things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. First thing the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life is that he wants to help you. 
I love the fact that the Holy Spirit is introduced as the helper in this passage. Jesus uses a Greek word to introduce this concept. It's the Greek word parakletos. That's the name of the Holy Spirit. So the best word that we can use in English to translate parakletos is helper. That's the best word. How many of you got an Amplified Bible? Because the Amplified actually uses seven words to try to explain parakletos. So the, the Amplified uses comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. Seven words to try to give you the concept of what this word means. What is this word? Comforter. Let me just go through these seven very quickly. The one who's there to offer fellowship and communion. How often have you needed a friend to comfort you? Anybody ever needed a friend to comfort them? When you're going through stuff in life, have you ever needed someone just to to listen to you, to comfort you? The Holy Spirit is that person. Wow. Then it talks about counselor. How many of you need counsel, advice? Come on. How many of you are facing scenarios that are bigger than you? And you think, man, I just don't know. You know, there's got to be someone wiser than you that can give you advice. Huh? Come on. Listen, listen to the, just, just the logic of people that haven't had a lot of life experience. And you find that their logic is flawed. Then you listen to people whose life experience is a bit more extended. And you see the added wisdom that years bring. And pain and tears. You just see, you know, I, I'm telling you, I know in my life... That, uh, that, that uh, I was, when, when I graduated from Bible college, can I tell you that I knew everything? You know, and Anne did as well. She got 100% in theology. So, so Anne was the head theologian of the universe, having 100% in theology. Fact is that I'm surprised now at how I've, emptied all my knowledge banks and how little I know now compared to when I graduated from Bible school. From being omniscient now, I kind of feel I really don't know that much. And what time does and what life experience does, it just kind of just, it just opens you up to a lot more possibility. And I'm nowhere near as adamant as I used to be. I'm also a lot more gracious than I used to be because with Age comes grace if you've allowed the Holy Spirit to soften you. And so we need counselors. We need advisors that have been around for a long time. How many know the Holy Spirit's been around a lot longer than any of your friends have been? Any of your advisors have been? He's been around a lot longer, understands a lot more. And for you to open up to the Holy Spirit's counsel is, is so important. Then, you know, helper is... An assistant. How many of you would love a PA, a personal assistant? Would you like that? I'd love, come on. You know, I, I'm blessed because I've got a whole church full of PAs and uh, all, all, all the people on staff at our church are my personal assistants and, and that's great. So when Sandra first got given the job, her first job description was, your f- job description is to keep me out of jail. Okay, so that's... 
Number one, keep me out of jail. And so far, she's done that incredibly well. Not one, not one blur on that record. You know, I haven't spent one day in jail. And uh, that's good. That's, that's 15 years of keeping me out of jail. You say, well, well, you're blessed by having all these PAs. Well, you can be blessed by having the Holy Spirit, which all of my PAs added together doesn't quite come up to the Holy Spirit. But he's also my PA. But he can only be your personal assistant if you tap in to the assistance they have to offer. And the thing is this, that that your advisor is only ever as good as your acceptance of their advice. And too often we, we, we want advice but ignore it. And here's the Holy Spirit saying, I'm here to give you help, advice, counsel, comfort, but will you accept it? There's another one, the intercessor. You know, the, the Amplified calls the Holy Spirit the intercessor. And what's the intercessor? The intercessor is the one who stands in the gap. You know, there's just something wonderful about someone who stands in the gap. My, my dad used to be a pretty strong disciplinarian. And, um, and my mum would be my intercessor. She'd stand in the gap between my father and I. And, uh, you know, she, and she'd plead my case when dad was pretty upset. Oh, he didn't know what he was doing. And, you know, and so she'd plead the case and try to soften the blows. How many of you think it's good to have an intercessor? Uh, <laughs> and the Holy Spirit becomes that intercessor on our behalf to the Father. There's another thing about um, the advocate. The advocate actually is a legal term. We find it really easy to understand in Italian and Latin because the word for lawyer in Italian is avvocato, advocate. And so, uh, so there's this, the one who stands in the gap, but not only stands in the gap, but pleads the case, becomes your personal lawyer. How good is that, that the Holy Spirit defends you understanding the legal standing. And who does he defend us against? He defends us against the enemy. How, do you know, how many of you know that the enemy just wants to come and condemn you? And some of you are just listening to the condemnation of the enemy. If, if you ever utter words like, I am hopeless, useless, and just an idiot, they are articulations straight from the pit of hell. You've been listening to the enemy's accusations against you. And it's time for you to stop it. It's time for you to listen to the advocations of the advocate that says, hang on here. That's not the right confession for you. You are not useless. You're a child of God with destiny and purpose. You were born with purpose and destiny. How dare you say that you're useless? You are totally useful in the master's hands. Oh, but I'm just an idiot. No, you're not an idiot. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. You're a child of God. You're an heir with Christ. You're a joint heir with Christ. You're going to rule and reign with Christ forever and ever as a child of God. You're not an idiot. You are going to judge over angels one day. Angels are going to come to you and say, Oh, you're one of those children of God. Wow. We're just angels. But you're a child of God. You are totally incredible. Because... Of all of God's creation, only you were created in the image of God. Wow. 
That is awesome. So begin to, begin to see yourself as God sees you. And listen to the voice of the Spirit that will always build you up rather than tear you down. So many of you are living below the line because you're listening to the condemnation of the enemy. It's time to say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Speak to me. I want to listen to you. I want to be led by you. I want to be guided by you. I want to hear your voice speak into my life. And the Holy Spirit will say, get up, child. Child of God, let your feet touch the ground. And when your feet touch the ground, the enemy begins to flee because he knows that a child of God with God-given purpose has just gotten out of bed to do God business on this God planet to represent the Father's business, to make sure that things are done according to God's plan. Come on, let's partner together and see this world one to Jesus. Woo! Come on. What's all that about? That's about you rising up, listening to the voice of the Spirit, rather than listening to the drudgery of life. Oh, I suppose I get out of bed and hit another day and, and just get bashed by life again. And oh, life is just such a misery. I hate my life. I hate my life. What is that? That's someone living below the line, listening to the, just to the condemnation of the enemy. Living below the line. The Holy Spirit will always cause you to live above the line. Come on. He's your helper. He's your intercessor. He's your advocate. He's your strengthener. I love this. Ha! Huh? He gives strength to the weak. Yeah, have you got Holy Spirit strength in your life? Well, I've got just natural strength. Oh, yeah. Natural strength is one thing. Holy Spirit strength is another. You know, I just love Holy Spirit strength. You know, I got hit with the flu this week. So um, Tuesday, I spent it at home. Wednesday, I had a leaders meeting. And so I'm sitting there thinking to myself, did I say stinking to myself? Well, or stinking to myself. Thinking. See, stinking thinking is a really bad thing, but godly thinking is a wonderful thing. And so I said, Holy Spirit, I just need your strength. I want, I want to speak to my leaders tonight. I don't want to cancel this meeting, but I can't do it in my strength. My strength is limited. Then I thought, not only do I go to the leaders' meeting on, on Wednesday night, then I've got to do a pastor's meeting on Friday night and a seminar on Saturday in Tamworth. And I need to be well for that. Then I've got to do three meetings on Sunday, Holy Spirit meetings, and I want to do them full of fire. So I need Holy Spirit strength. Holy Spirit strength. And what you're witnessing right now is not my strength, but Holy Spirit strength. That's what you're seeing right now. Because I've learned a long time ago that when the anointing hits, the power hits. And you can either do things in your strength or in Holy Spirit strength. And when you do it in Holy Spirit strength, a new a new something comes on you where you are not yourself. You are filled with Holy Spirit strength. And you're witnessing it this morning. Because in my strength, I'd be at home in bed just feeling sorry for myself. Rather than here on, on this platform, 
inspiring you to God vision, inspiring you to live above the line, inspiring you. And right now I'm walking in personal testimony of Holy Spirit strength. How many of you can feel it? How many of you can sense that this is not natural? This is supernatural, supernatural strength. And I love the fact that the last name that the Amplified uses for the Holy Spirit is the standby. The standby. What's the standby? The one who stands by you all the time. The standby. Do you know, do we, do we understand that the Holy Spirit is standing by us? He's right there by our side. Right there by your side. The standby. Standby. I don't know how many times I've been in a meeting and I've been saying, Hey, Holy Spirit, what do I say next? Because I haven't got a clue what to say next. Holy Spirit, what do I do next? Because you haven't got a clue. Blokes, let me give you a word of advice. Sometimes when your wife is talking to you and she's going for it, hammer and tongs, and you just don't know what to do or what to say, just go, Holy Spirit, what do I do next? (laughs) And I guarantee the thing that he'll say to you is just shut up. Guarantee it. <laughs> Try it next time. <laughs> just, it's like, okay, Holy Spirit, shut up. And look interested. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, the Holy Spirit will help you have a great marriage. I'm telling you. He'll help you have a great business. He'll help you have great friends. Get on in life because he's there by our side. But, but don't ignore him. That's, that, that's what grieves him is when we ignore him. And he's there to be our standby. He's there to be our strengthener, our advocate, our intercessor, our helper, our counselor, our comforter. And we just phew, ignore him. What is that? That's how he gets grieved. So he wants to help you. He wants to help you. Last thing I want to say this morning. I'm going to talk to you about four things the Holy Spirit wants to do. First thing he wants to do is to help you. Second thing he wants to do is to live in you. He wants to live in you. This is just unbelievable. When, when it says, and I will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. See, when you get saved... Something amazing happens. You become the temple, the house of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 talks about us being the temple of the Holy Spirit. But again, you know, it becomes a concept rather than a reality. We become the house of the Holy Spirit. It's just this concept is just mind blowing when you stop to think about it. Because when you find out in the Old Testament what was required for the building of the temple and the demands and the requirements that were put upon Moses and Solomon and Nebuchadnezzar and Ezra and, 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 and Joshua and some of the other leaders that had to build the temple, what the requirements were and how strict those requirements were. And then we come into the New Testament and the Bible says that we now become the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Why is that? Because when Jesus comes and washes us, he purifies us and makes us so holy that our bodies become the habitation of the Holy Spirit. That is amazing. What is that? Because, because so often you're trying to do it in your own strength and your own works. And I've got to be more holy and I've got to stop this and I've got to stop that. But by faith, when you get saved, you become so holy. You become so pure by the blood of Jesus that you become the habitation of God. God lives within you. The Holy Spirit comes to live within you and you become the temple. He actually abides within you. We call this the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The infilling is where the Holy Spirit wants to empower you. Tonight we're going to be talking about how the Holy Spirit wants to empower you and what's the purpose of empowering you and what's all that about? How do you know you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit? We're going to be talking about what speaking in tongues is all about for for Pentecostals and say, well, what's all that about? How's that found in the Bible? Tonight I'm going to be talking about all those things. It is going to be an absolutely power-packed thing. But I just want to finish this morning by talking to you about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, what it means to to have the dwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Because when the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, he wants to transform your behavior. It's not just getting a few bits of belief that he wants you to get right. Matter of fact, there's a lot of people that believe a lot of things. But what the Holy Spirit wants to get right in your life is behavior. So that your behavior becomes godly. That your behavior becomes the behavior of a child of God. And I feel really, really grieved with people that never allow the Holy Spirit to transform their behavior. And so they, they what, what a lot of people do is that they get out of their back pocket the license of grace. And they just shove that around. Ah, by grace I've been saved. See, see, I've been saved by grace. You're a baby Christian. That's what you are. Why are you calling me a baby Christian? Because baby Christians do that sort of business. They pull out the grace card. What does a mature Christian do? A mature Christian turns their life around so that they become like Jesus. Baby Christian. He's grace. I can do anything. Baby, baby convert. You just, what, you've been saved for how long? Two and a half seconds. Oh, that's okay. What, you've been saved for 25 years and you're that? Baby Christian. What does it matter with you? Time to grow up. Time to grow up and become a mature Christian. What's all that about? Becoming like Jesus. Well, your behavior is Christ-like. Where grace actually comes out of your life rather than you demanding it. Where you become gracious and loving and caring and giving and kind and generous and forgiving, where it's not about you. It's about others. 
where you die, you're dead to self and you're living for others and, and your behavior is just so Christ-like. Wherever you go, you're smiling, you're loving, you're giving, you're gracious. What is that? That's, that's someone who's grown into the things of Christ because they've let the Holy Spirit dwell within them. See, come on. When you wake up in the morning, are you saying, Holy Spirit, I just want to represent the things of God really well today. I want to get in the car and I want those people in traffic to know that I'm a Christian because my driving is Christian driving rather than ungodly driving. I had, that was one of the biggest issues in my life to deal with was my driving. Seriously. Huh? It was just because I'd get in the car and become a demon. It was just, <laughs> get out of my way. You know, I'm, I'm going to get. And so now I practice godly behavior. I actually let people in front of me. And, and, and I, I don't expect them to, um, to wave and say thank you. It's okay, if, even if you don't wave and say thank you. What? Why, they didn't say thank you. I'm going to overtake them. What was that? Yeah, come on. You know, what's, what is that? You know, it's like Christians get in the cars and, and they leave the Holy Spirit behind. Sometimes I still have to work on this. Just being honest here point that I'm making here is this. When the Holy Spirit dwells within us, he transforms us. He transforms our behavior and we become Christ-like. And that's the goal. Are you like Jesus? Because that's the work of the Holy Spirit. I want to be like Jesus. I want people, when they've left my presence to say, there was a deposit of goodness it's really nice to hang around John because the deposit that he leaves is, is encouragement and goodness. That's, that's my goal. That's what I want. Rather than when people see John coming, quick, hide, run, get out of the way. He's going to clobber you. He, he, he's going to stomp on you. He's going to make you feel bad. He's going to ask things from you. No. When John's around, he wants to give things to you. Why? Because that's the nature of God, giving. Is that what you want to become like? Is that what you want? Because if that's what you want, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 